3: nascar grassroots racing is full throttle every week on flow racing where you can stream over 1300 events live and on demand and access exclusive coverage subscribe to flow today to see nascar legends past present and future go head to head with hometown heroes at tracks like bowman gray meridian south boston and more find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go mrn that's flowracing.com forward slash go
4: mrn the following is a production of the motor racing network the voice of nascar the motor racing network presents nascar live
5: joey logano will set his sights on a championship as he heads to
6: one he started on the pole dominated the opening stage dominated the second stage. He has not been the dominant car in the third, but he's there when it matters. Joey Logano to the back
7: straightaway. Here he comes, final time off the end of the back straightaway. Joey
8: Logano is about to become a NASCAR Cup Series champion. For the second time in his career, up off turn number four, checkered flag in the air. Joey Logano wins the NASCAR Cup Series season finale race. And Joey Logano is the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion.
9: Amazing. Uh, I feel like it took, too, it took too long to get back to this point. But, man, it's, it's so special when championships is what you want. It's, what you, it's the only thing you I race for. You know, race wins are nice, but championships is what it's all about.
4: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
7: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you after the 2022 NASCAR racing season has drawn to a close. It happened over the weekend at Phoenix Raceway. And in today's show, we're going to look back at all three thrilling championship races from Phoenix and just how Joey Logano, Ty Gibbs, and Zane Smith got it done. A lot of news coming out of the media center over the weekend, had some announcements on deck, and one of them involved Jimmy Johnson. He's back, and I had a chance to visit with Jimmy at Phoenix over the weekend after the news that he is returning to NASCAR as part owner of Petty GMS Racing. We'll hear the highlights of NASCAR President Steve Phelps' state of the sport address and a whole lot more. But first, to get us started, Kyle Ricky is here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR.
3: Kyle? Mike, the excitement of championship weekend was put on hold on Sunday afternoon with the news that NASCAR had lost one of its own in Joe Gibbs Racing vice chairman and Ty Gibbs' father, Coy Gibbs. On Sunday afternoon, JGR released this statement on social media saying, quote, It is with great sorrow that Joe Gibbs Racing confirms that Coy Gibbs, co-owner, went to be with the Lord in his sleep last night. The family appreciates all the thoughts and prayers and asks for privacy at this time, unquote. Ty did not race in Sunday's Cup Series Championship race in light of the news. Daniel Hemrick drove the 23 car in his absence to a 17th place finish and Sunday marked the end of the relationship between Kyle Busch and Toyota as Busch moves on to Richard Childress Racing in 2023. On Friday, Busch announced the future plans of Kyle Busch Motorsports. The team will field Chevrolets in the 2023 Craftsman Truck Series with two full-time entries. Chase Purdy will drive the number four truck full-time, while the number 51 will be split between Jack Wood, Busch, and other all-star drivers. Mike? Thank you,
7: Kyle. Coming up, we'll relive Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series Championship race from
0: Phoenix. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area.
4: Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know
7: how
2: to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your
4: best.
0: This is
4: NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
7: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This year marked the ninth NASCAR Cup Series championship race where four drivers were all after one trophy. Over the years, whether the race had been held at Homestead Miami Speedway or, in this case, Phoenix Raceway, it is never disappointed. This year was no exception. Let's relive all the drama from Sunday with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks.
5: The NASCAR Cup Series Championship Race, Phoenix Raceway, the season finale. Time to crown a champion in 2022. Up front, on the inside, Joey Logano to his outside. His teammate, Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, Kyle Larson. Green flag is in the air and we are underway.
6: Trouble turn two, Ryan Blaney gets loose and he clobbers the outside wall. Hit it with the rear, uh, right rear corner. Got into it with the right front corner. He likes the shift spun, but he's got some damage on the right side.
5: He has dropped well behind Joey Logano. He maintains second, and certainly there is some damage, Alex Hayden, to the right side of that Ford Mustang. Yeah, there is. That uh, trademark Phoenix Raceway blue
8: paint off the wall colors the right side of the race car back in one. As Logano leads by five car lengths off the end of the back stretch. Right in the middle of turns three and four, the shell pins oil Ford Mustang from Team Penske will see the green and white checkered flag. Joey Logano wins stage number one of the nascar cup series championship race
5: custer and eric jones at the front of the field guys on brand new tires line up right behind logano on the inside kyle larson on the outside and immediately joey logano to the apron all the way down three wide for the lead joey logano on the pressure tires
6: he'll make the run he'll take the lead by the time they hit turn two then it's Jones, Cole Custer, Kyle Larson. Just they continue to race three wide. Chase Elliott finds himself in the middle.
7: Chastain on the bottom, Bell topside.
5: Boy, it is on here at the Phoenix Raceway.
8: One of our championship Ford drivers may have gotten the wall. Christopher Bell got squeezed to the outside. Bell's going to give up a handful of positions. He got
6: caught to the extreme outside of a three wide situation.
5: Chase Elliott off the racetrack on pit road. The postman
10: is there. Just reading into what I heard them talking about as he was coming down. I don't think the Hendrick camp could think they could make it all the way on fuel with any of their cars and that's why they're bringing the car in. Four tires, Sunoco Racing Fuel, the Napa Auto Parts colors on the Chase Elliott car. The second Hendrick car coming down pit road and again, just reading between the lines here and knowing we're close on fuel, it just this was a routine stop. Think they didn't figure they could make it, and they don't maybe don't think anyone else can make it either. Stay tuned. This is gonna be interesting to see how this stage plays out.
5: We called Chase Elliott to pit road, and Elliott fans around the country went, oh no, he's gonna be a lap down. What if we get a caution flag? No caution flag. He is flying around this racetrack, Dave, and about to unlap himself. He is
6: reeling in Ryan Blaney at a very fast rate. Blaney up on the back bumper of the Daniel Suarez machine. He'll go under him. And Elliott. Here comes
7: Blaney not able to get up alongside Suarez just yet. He's going to follow him back to the corner and Elliott
8: is bearing down hard on Blaney. Off turn number four. Blaney at the bottom of the racetrack. Much slower on exit than Chase Elliott who gets pinned in now behind Daniel
6: Suarez.
8: These three cars knotted together.
6: Elliott will go to the outside. He goes around Ryan Blaney. Dives low. Goes underneath Daniel Suarez. Welcome back to the lead left. Chase
5: Elliott. Ryan Blaney brings his Ford Mustang off turn number four to the green and white checkered flag. It is waving at the start finish line. Stage two is officially in the books. Joey Logano and Chase Elliott are
7: side by side. Elliott fender out in front. They're racing for fifth.
5: This is what everybody came to see. Trouble
7: Look at- turn three. Tyler Reddick gets bumped and turned. He's going to come right down the middle of the
8: racetrack and lock it down over to turn four. Green flag is in the air. We're racing once more at Phoenix raceway. Chase Elliott gets turned. He slams the inside retaining wall. Caution back on the speedway. Everybody dove for the bottom of the racetrack in the dog leg. Chase Elliott may have gotten turned around. He did slide
5: back down and make contact with the inside safer barrier. It may have been Ross Chastain. It may have been.
1: And Adam Stevens makes the call for Burger King. We'll find out what that code word means. Christopher saying looser that run. Adam just more out of the racetrack. No front or rear grip flight. Air pressure adjustment. It is gonna be four fresh Goodyear tires. Sunoco fuel for our playoff contender. They're gonna, oh, looks a little slow. Trouble on the left rear your major slow stop. Trouble for Christopher Bell, seat Post. Down here,
10: here is Ra- or, uh, championship leader coming in, Joey Logano is in. The car was very tight. Gonna be four tires, minor adjustment, Sunoco racing fuel. Left side tires up, left side tires on. Winner off the pit road is Chase second out is Ryan Blaney looks like Logano and Harvick were side by side for third and fourth with William Byron headed out fifth. We got a shootout up front with Joey
5: Logano taking the lead right now over Chase Briscoe. Took it all the way down to the apron going into turn
6: one drives under Briscoe. Logano back to the point.
5: One more mile in the 2022 season. Here comes Logano off four. white flag is in the air. Joey Logano will set his sights on a championship as he heads to one. He started
6: on the pole, dominated the opening stage, dominated the second stage. He has not been the dominant car in the third, but he's there when it matters. Joey Logano to the back straightaway. Here he comes, final time off the end of the back straightaway. Joey Logano
8: is about to become a NASCAR Cup Series champion for the second time in his career up off turn number four checkered flag in the air joey logano wins the nascar cup series season finale race and joey logano is the 2022 nascar cup series champion ryan blaney will finish second ross
10: chastain will be third joey a two time nascar cup
9: series championship how does that sound amazing uh I feel like it, take too, it took too long to get back to this point. But, man, it's, it's so special when championships is what you want. It's, what you, it's the only thing you I race for. You know, race wins are nice, but championships is what it's all about. And we're in a great position there. And, and everybody uh, on, on the Team Penske team did so great. Um, you know, all my – all our from, – from our teamwork from the get-go, working through practice together and, and everybody uh, trying to put together what would be the best 22 car for – for us to to win this championship and the goal was achieved so I just uh I can't thank everyone enough um for the opportunity uh I mean it's just so special to to win these things and uh to get this for the guys I know how bad Paul wanted it I never seen him stress so much the last few weeks so (laughs) I was right there with him the whole time so it's pretty special to get it Joey Logano joins
7: Kyle Busch as the only active multi-time Cup Series champion in NASCAR next year. He will begin his quest for number three. Coming up, we'll check out Saturday's NASCAR Xfinity Series championship race and honor Coy Gibbs in the process.
1: This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home.
7: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Saturday marked the end of a tumultuous week for Ty Gibbs. The 20-year-old won at Martinsville, but a move he now regrets in moving teammate Brandon Jones out of the way for that win left many wondering if the other drivers in the field would let Ty win the championship at Phoenix. Gibbs put all that drama behind him and won, beating Noah Gregson and Justin Allgaier in one of the most thrilling races of the year. It was the ultimate high and moment for Ty. Ty. But he and the rest of the world were greeted with the horrible news on Sunday morning that his father and Joe Gibbs Racing Vice Chairman Coy Gibbs had passed away throughout ties up-and-down season. His dad always had his back and got to celebrate with his son and the trophy. Let's relive the closing laps of that race along with some of Coy Gibbs' glowing comments about his championship-winning son.
8: White flag is in the air. Final lap of the 2022 NASCAR Xfinity Series season.
6: One last dash for the championship. In a turn number one they come. The Dawson Cram machine will give way to the outside. Ty Gibbs is away by three car lengths to the
7: back Dawson Cram wide up against the wall. Leaders final time down the back straightaway. Gibbs will clear him. Gregson tries to do
5: the same. Gregson's going to send it into three. Will it be enough for Noah Gregson? It will not ty gibbs across the line and ty gibbs has scored the win and at 20 years old ty gibbs is the nascar xfinity series 2022 champion ty gibbs getting it done in a dominating performance here tonight leading 125 laps in his first ever championship at this level ty gibbs is a champion
0: Ty Gibbs became an Xfinity Series champion on Saturday evening, following a week where he was mired in controversy after wrecking his teammate Brandon Jones, who needed the win at Martinsville to advance to the championship four in Phoenix. All week, many wondered how Gibbs will respond and grow ahead of the biggest race of his career. Gibbs responded with a dominant performance, leading a race-high 125 of 200 laps, holding off Noah Gregson to take the checkers in the desert. Following the race, Gibbs expressed his gratitude to the individuals who guided him to a championship.
12: I just want to, you know, say thank you to Mitch Covington, thank you to my whole team, the whole organization. Bought great cars this weekend. Um, you know, I I feel like we had a great race there, um, and I'm just thankful for all this. Uh, This is just awesome. It's a dream come true. I'm an Xfinity Series champion. Let's go!
0: Settling down from the euphoria of Victory Lane, Gibbs had an opportunity to reflect on the past week.
12: I've made some mistakes in in the past and and last weekend, but, you know, the best thing for me is to move on, and that's what I did today in in my race, and and we won. So just moving on and and learn from my mistakes. I can't go back and change the past, and if I could, I would, but, you know, that's the— why we can't do that, and you know the best thing for me is to learn from it. But you know to be able to be a champion is awesome.
0: Setting aside all the controversy that surrounded Gibbs leading up to Phoenix, it's impossible not to recognize his talent. In just fifty-one Xfinity Series starts, Gibbs has posted eleven wins, and now a championship at the age of twenty. Gibbs tried the process to toward start to his young career.
12: For sure, I think that comes down to hard work and dedication. I have a love for the game, or the the racing, and and you know it kind of overcomes all of the the pains and struggles that comes with, you know, making mistakes in front of millions of people at 20 and learning from that. So um, I definitely enjoy it. And, you know, when you enjoy work like this, as you all everybody knows in here, when you enjoy something, you you love it. And, you know, there's no motivation that comes with it. If I need motivation for racing, then I shouldn't be doing this in the first place. I don't truly believe in motivation. It's all temporary. Um, it's little bursts that you'll never <laughs> – it's what you got. And I love racing, so it's always everything I can do to get better, watching film, learning how to answer your guys' hard questions and, and, you know, making the right decisions. And and so uh, I just enjoy the whole ride.
0: Gibbs crew chief Chris Gale has been behind them all year, and he's bounced back and forth from the Xfinity Series to the Cup Series, filling in for Kurt Busch on the 23-11 team for the past few months of the season. Gale has seen how Gibbs managed that but even he was unsure on what to expect heading into Saturday evening's championship race.
13: It's hard to say, right? Like, I know Ty, but I've never, you know, Ty hasn't gone through something like this, right? So I don't know him personally from that level, from going through something, you know, so tough, you know. Um, obviously, yesterday and today, I kind of saw a different Ty. You know, I saw him, you know, koi said double down. I saw him kind of, you know, just put his head down, focus on the racing side of it more, right? It was a really tough week having to answer questions from you guys, everything that could have, you know, went along with that. He hasn't kind of had that much of a spotlight directly on him the whole time. And, and, you know, it was, uh, just good for me to watch him in the race today, knowing that I saw him like completely focused, you know, even coming into the racetrack this morning, we just talked about little, little things that had happened during this week. And he's like, yeah, this doesn't bother me at all. Like this, the games that are happening and all I'm going through, I'm focused on the racetrack. You know, when I get between those two walls, that's what we talked about. He's going to He's going to be good there, you know, and I I feel like he was able to deal with all those problems and tune that out and then focus on the racetrack today and did a great job of, I mean, he lost the lead a couple times, had to get back through traffic cleanly, you know, passing racing for a championship around all those cars that were doing the same. And I think it was just proud of him to see him do that, you know, and be that resilient with everything against him this week.
0: While the celebration was on for Gibbs, Gale, and the rest of Joe Gibbs racing on Saturday night, the team and the rest of the NASCAR world woke up to the shocking news that Coy Gibbs Ty's father and the co-owner of Joe Gibbs Racing passed in his sleep later that night. Only hours before, Coy Gibbs expressed how trying the week was for Ty and how immensely proud he was of his son's ability to block out the noise
14: and win a championship. I'm definitely proud of him. I mean, I've always got his back as his father. Obviously, it's, it's heartbreaking to go through tough stuff and watch. It's actually more heartbreaking to watch him go through it. I don't give a rip. I'm old and don't care. In fact, I've been racing with Chris since we're, what, 23 or something? So I've known him forever. So we've kind of gone through a bunch of stuff in our life, but to see, you know, to see your kid hurting, and he knows he screwed up, and to go through all that, it's it's tough. It's tough as a parent, for sure. Yeah, it just, just to see his determination, I mean, and I think he's got skills, and he's determined, and uh, it definitely made me proud. I mean, I think it made my wife and us, we were both proud, just because he you know, just hammered down and did his job. And that's if he wants to do this for a living, he's got to learn how to do that.
0: A true gut punch for all of us in the entire NASCAR world. A father beaming with pride for his son who endured a tough week but bounced back to become an Xfinity Series champion. Everyone here at the Motor Racing Network offers their thoughts and prayers to the Gibbs family and everyone working at Joe Gibbs Racing.
7: And on behalf of all of us here at the Motor Racing Network, we extend our thoughts and our prayers and our positive energy to the entire Gibbs family. Coy Gibbs was 49 years old.
1: Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds.
4: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live.
7: Friday night, things really got rolling for championship weekend in NASCAR with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the Lucas Oil 150. For the past two seasons, Zane Smith was the runner-up for the championship, including being passed by Ben Rhodes in the closing laps one year ago. This year, Zane broke the trend and became a champion, and he passed Rhodes to do it in the process. Zane Smith way wide up the corner. Here's Chandler Smith to the bottom of the racetrack for
5: the lead and potentially the championship. It was a power move by Zane Smith to get the lead. Now the question is can he hold it? Ben Rhodes is right there as well. The top three run right together for the final time. Three trucks under a handkerchief in a turn one for the
6: championship. Zane Smith looking to the inside. Down low is Chandler Smith. Ben Rhodes running the outside.
7: Final time off turn two up the back straightaway. Zane
8: Smith with the lead. Who's going to take a shot? Ben Rhodes is there. Here they come in three. Up off turn number four. Ben Rhodes gets to the tailgate of Zane Smith. They bounce off the safer barrier. Checkered flag in the air and Zane Smith wins the Lucas Oil 150 and Zane Smith is the 2022 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion.
15: Zane Smith completed his sweep of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series regular season and series championship on Friday evening at Phoenix Raceway. After twice finishing as the bridesmaid, Smith was finally the bride and able to take home his first title on a
16: thrilling two-lap overtime shootout in the desert. I wasn't going to let it go down like that, and I knew when I came out 11th, man, I've been in way uglier times before, and I was either wrecked or I was coming over the championship trophy, and we got the big one.
1: Let's talk about the move on the backstretch on the inside before that final restart. You just held your line. What were you thinking?
16: I'm gonna win this. I don't like. There was no other option. I was either backing in the fence wrecking, or I was leaving tonight with a championship trophy. There was no other option. And when I'd seen the 18 get to under, underneath me, I was worried that I got him too loose underneath me, and um, fortunately stayed off me. I have a lot of respect for all three of them. It's pretty impressive for some of the the racing we've seen lately. For us three to go at it that hard and. And that clean. Zane Smith held off defending champion Ben Rhodes by
15: just two-tenths of a second to give Front Row Motorsports its first Camping World Truck Series championship. As Smith said in Victory Lane, the third time was the charm.
16: I didn't think it was
15: going to be that dramatic but third time is the damn charm. The race win was the fourth of the season for Zane Smith And it was a clean sweep. Smith had earned the pole position in Friday afternoon's time trials and won both stages before claiming the win and the truck series title. Prior to 2022, Zane Smith had three wins in two full-time seasons racing in the truck series. By May of this season, Smith had already matched his career total of wins. So what was the turning point you may ask that allowed Smith to break out in 2022? I mean,
16: probably just overall like team morale. Um, We like, I had a great relationship with my past team at GMS, but um, I don't want to call them old, but it was an older group, and the group that I have now is, is just younger, and um, and I, I feel like we weren't always hanging out at the shop. We were also hanging out outside of work, and so I just think that goes a really long way, and um, me and Chris Lawson have a really good relationship, and he's a pass racer of himself, and... Um, we just we click right away, and then uh, my engineer, Dylan Capello, we grew up racing together since I was about 12 years old, and um, he's from out here, and uh, we spend every Monday together in, in sim, and um, it's just that same deal as he's a pass racer himself and still races some when he can, but um, I just feel like the communication is there a lot quicker than um, most speaking of the relationship with crew chief chris
15: lawson lawson delved into the in-race dynamics which allowed him and smith to mesh on their way to
13: a championship nah i just let him work um it's kind of weird he gets on me sometimes because i don't talk to him uh, on the radio and i always run everything to the spotter on channel two and then let it relay Uh, it's just how we've done it all year and so no, I, I don't. I honestly, I just let him do his thing and try and keep the radio as quiet as possible. I know that there's nobody any more motivated than he is, so there's no reason to try and, I don't have to, to goose him for sure. So um, no, I just let him go to work and do his thing.
15: The story of how Zane Smith landed at Front Row Motorsports isn't unfamiliar to many who have tried to carve a path in the NASCAR world. According to Smith, he called team after team leaving 120 voicemails. But it was the one team he didn't call
16: which had an opportunity waiting for him. I guess a lot of that story is true, but there's there's more details. It's a long story. Um, I had obviously lost the championship with eight laps to go last year, and um, Front Row was not one of the places that I called. I didn't even think it was an opportunity. And I had a uh, ride pretty much set up, um, and I was excited about it, but it was literally about 30 minutes later after, yeah, these 120 phone calls probably in the past couple of days, um, I had gotten a call from Row Motorsports that, uh, they wanted me to run, run their truck and, um, that really caught my eye because I knew the people that were on the truck and the people are what makes these things go fast. And, I just recognized their work ethic and how bad they wanted it, and I wanted it really bad also, especially for my past couple of years of losing this, um, and <clears throat> yeah, long story short, we're in Phoenix celebrating a championship.
15: It's clear a lot has changed for Zane Smith over the past year. This time a year ago, Smith was mourning a runner-up finish in the championship and was unsure of his future. Now he's broken through as a Camping World Truck Series champion.
16: Yeah, definitely a lot has changed. I have literally stood in this parking lot three years in a row, not knowing what I'm gonna be doing next year. And I knew going into this, as I've been through way worse times, and regardless of the outcome tonight, gonna have a job next year and that's such a weight off your shoulders and so um, with him giving me that confidence I want to reward him with a championship and I feel like that's why I don't want to say I raced so much harder but um, I just couldn't lose another one it just wasn't an option and so um, yeah just just crazy where I'm at mentally and and the how great things are going in my life right now and so just trying to ride it as long as I can.
15: As for next year, Zane Smith will make his return to Front Row Motorsports, where he will look to defend his title in the Truck Series and compete in select NASCAR Cup Series races, including the 2023 Daytona 500.
7: Thank you, Tim. Zane Smith will look to defend his title with Front Row Motorsports next year in what will be the Craftsman Truck Series, while also racing a part-time schedule in the NASCAR Cup Series with FRM, starting with the 2023 Daytona 500. Another champion will also be looking to qualify in the Great American Race next year. As Jimmy Johnson announced, he's returning to the sport as a part-time driver and part owner of Petty GMS. I sat down with Jimmy in Phoenix on Friday. You'll hear that conversation next.
4: This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Silly
7: season in 2022 has been a wild one, but the most unexpected announcement was saved for last at Phoenix over the weekend. Jimmy Johnson is back. The seven-time Cup Series champion announced Friday that he has bought into Petty GMS Racing as part owner and that he will run select Cup races next year in a third car for the organization, starting with the 2023 Daytona 500 what made this the right opportunity for Jimmy to return to NASCAR had a chance to catch up with him after that announcement Friday to find out well 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 step into the media center and look who I bump into a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion
11: Jimmy Johnson welcome back to NASCAR live how are we doing I'm doing great obviously some big news just hit and uh just an exciting exciting period of time you've had a lot going on ever since you left
7: NASCAR Cup Series racing, and in IndyCar, you have all these other options. What has drawn you to the ownership portion of the sport?
11: Yeah, I mean, it really hasn't been on my radar throughout my, my life so far, my career. I always had the dream of taking my helmet and driving everyone else's equipment. And then, you know, if it was wrecked or, you know, didn't run well, I could just walk away and, and just be a driver and carry my helmet everywhere. So this is something that really just has evolved, um, you know, in a short period of time. You know, when I look at the overall landscape, um, you know, NASCAR is uh, is at a point where um, the business model is starting to make sense and we're all in anticipation that it will continue to head that way and and, and make more sense in, in years to come and negotiations to come. Um, I, I can also say that my experience in the IndyCar series and working with Chip Ganassi Racing, I've been able to do a lot of learning outside of the car and around the business side here in recent years and and have learned a lot and then also have kind of understood the brand that I've created through all the years sitting behind a wheel and I've never really tapped into it. Uh, so, you know, you you put all that together and this opportunity um, is presented to me. The idea comes about and I can kind of see a pathway forward and, and see a very bright future for myself in this ownership role and being partnered with Maury Gallagher and his vision to success, obviously the king and his history and legacy. Um, it, it's just uh, an opportunity of a lifetime for me that I had to take. For those fans of the sport that are curious, what are the conversations like with two gentlemen that share 14 Cup Series championships among them? It's about as simple and as basic as it gets. <laughs> and I think that's the beauty. And anybody that knows Richard, you know, there's there's so much around him. But when you really know him, it's simple. He just loves racing and he wants to go fast and he wants to uh, wants to do well. And, and that's really any conversation I've had with him is about getting to victory lane, about running well. You left this sport with a lot of wins, a lot of championships, and you went into an unknown.
7: You had never been in IndyCar. What was that like coming out of your comfort zone here, going over
11: there, learning and doing everything you did there, and now coming back? Uh, it was an eye-opener, say the least. I mean, I, I felt like uh, my performance on track, especially street and road courses, would be a, be a little higher out of the gate. Uh, but the cars are so different. But thankfully, I was at a place in my own head that, I was there for the experience. Of course I'm a competitor, of course I wanna do well, but that I had that part of my career. You know, That was here in NASCAR, so I, I truly enjoyed it, was surrounded by amazing people at Chip Ganassi Racing. And uh, you know, I had, had an amazing couple of years and I certainly hope to climb back behind the wheel of one of those cars in years to come as well. In that time that you stepped away, a lot has changed. We have new race cars, we've got
7: newer drivers. I'm curious, one of the things that people herald about you is the class that you possess and the way you race. You've had a lot of rambunctious racing lately from younger drivers. What is, number one, your thought on that? And if you could counsel some of these younger drivers
11: today, how would you work them through some of their learning curves or learning pains that they're going through right now? That's a big question. I mean, you know, when I got my start in Cup, I was 25 turning 26. And I think some of the recent drivers that are you know in the headlines are are much younger than that and i always said when i came along granted i wish things happened sooner for me and i wish i was in a cup car at 18 you know like jeff gordon was but you know when you're 25 26 it's way different than 19 20 21 and and i i had that luxury to where i could go out and make mistakes and learn learn how i wanted to race learn the voice that i wanted to have without the brightest of spotlights on me of the cup series so uh You know, our sport needs all types. And I think everybody's learning as they go. And it certainly gives us plenty to talk about during the week in between races.
7: Oh, yeah, it does. So in 2023, part ownership, you're going to run some races. Um, What is the attraction of coming back and running this new race car? And and why just a handful?
11: Well, I kind of started this crusade out in trying to find the coolest five to ten race schedule I could put together. And that would include NASCAR, IndyCar, sports car, some form of dirt racing. Um, and quickly into that thought process, this opportunity presented itself. So, I uh, spent a lot of time working on this, trying to get this done. And um, you know, we'll try to identify the races that I'll participate in. But definitely, Daytona 500 is is my starting point um, in this new adventure with Petty GMS. And you know, in the coming weeks and months, I will try to build out the rest of my schedule and what it looks like from a, a racing side. But um, you know, there's still a few bridges to cross and to see schedule, timing, manufacturer-related issues, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there for me to work through and and put my schedule together. Driving aside, how involved will you be with the drivers, with the ownership group, hands-on
7: as far as cars prep, the running of the organization? What will be your role there with with Maury and the King
11: and Mike Beeman, everyone over there at Petty GMS? You know, I think they're open to my help and assistance everywhere, and my goal is to find out where I think um, it was a natural fit for me, where I can help the most um, from afar, it looks like the competition side and the operations side is, is functioning quite well. You know, they've won a race this year It seems only 11 months old. Um, they've been able to acquire NOAA. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot going on there that is trending in a fantastic direction. So, you know, what other areas uh, can I focus on and be of help with? Uh, clearly, the races that I run, I have existing partners that I hope to bring in, bring into the family. And I feel like initially that will be my primary focus is to you know, help get the races that I'm going to run funded, bring those partners in, get them embedded into the race team. You know, can I help with GM? Uh, Can I help, um, with our drivers that we have, you know, what, what do they need? I mean, you know, I, I had a pretty good training program, but that's, that's the norm now. So I'm pretty sure, you know, that side's locked down for both drivers, but there's gotta be areas that I can help. And I'm just going to, Um, help where I can and and learn. Well, one of those things outside of a racing
7: organization is the collaboration that we've seen between NASCAR and the drivers, the driver's council, and and being more more have a uh, lines of communication be open between the sanctioning body and the drivers. Is that something that you would like to be a part of as far as your tenure in the sport, but the knowledge and maybe some mentorship that you could bring as far as that's concerned?
11: Yeah, wherever I can help, I'm open to it. And obviously now I'll be in and an invite, at least, to the owners' meetings, which I'm not sure how many drivers really sit in on that these days. But ultimately, I want what's best for the sport, and wherever I can help, if it's helping with the driver, driver's side, the ownership group, um, whatever it might be, um, you know, I want to see the sport succeed. Final question: What kind of a sign-off process was like? Was this like with Shandy and the girls before you committed to the King and everybody? The opportunity is uh, so significant that I, I don't think we've really ever questioned it. Um, it's just a tremendous opportunity, and. My wife is my uh, my number one fan and biggest supporter, and, and once again, she's uh, you know she's thrilled and excited for me.
7: Oh, it's going to be so good having that seven time Cup Series champion amongst us again. We look forward to welcoming Jimmy Johnson back to the NASCAR Cup Series and welcome him to ownership ranks in the sport as well. Coming up, we'll look back at Friday's State of the Sport address, and later. We'll flash back to Team Penske's first NASCAR Cup Series championship.
4: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue
7: on this week's NASCAR Live before the drivers hit the track on championship weekend in Phoenix, NASCAR brass took to the stage and gave what is called the state of the sport address. NASCAR president Steve Phelps and chief operating officer Steve O'Donnell look back at the highs and lows the sport faces every year while looking ahead to the future. This year, Phelps and O'Donnell address the first year of the next-gen car, future schedule
3: changes, and more. 2022 brought a lot of new and different things into NASCAR. But the biggest storyline entering the season was the introduction of the next gen race car the car was designed to cut costs for teams and introduce more parity into the sport nascar president steve phelps was very impressed for what it did for the competition in the debut year for the car
2: but importantly was the next gen car and the introduction of the next gen car that was so important if you consider that before this year in the next gen car you had to have a relationship with five, one of five race teams if you wanted to come into this sport. This car changed that. So what does this car do? There was a relevance to this car for our OE partners. The styling was fantastic. And then the question would be, well, what's the raceability of the car? The raceability of the car was such that it resulted in 19 different winners, so more than half the field, won a race in NASCAR this year, five first-time winners, more passes throughout the field in a single season. By the way, that happened four weeks ago. So I would say the racing has, has been is delivered, it's been terrific.
3: While the car brought a ton of great racing to the racetrack, as there is with anything new, there were growing pains. Drivers voiced frustrations with the stiffness of the rear of the car after Kurt Busch and Alex Bowman both missed multiple events because of concussions after crashes with rear impacts. Chief Operating Officer Steve O'Donnell says changes are imminent in terms of the rear clip of the race car.
17: So I think that dialogue with the race teams, with the drivers about how we continue to what Steve talked about is protect for the catastrophic is the number one priority. And then as you go, what are you learning about this new car? And what we're learning, it is those smaller hits, which we've never seen before in terms of a car that we've raced, are the ones we've really got to concentrate on. And that's why you're seeing the tweaks being made to the clip. Um, for those smaller impacts even a bump on a restart those types of things and it's not just the car i think the dialogue that we've had with the teams now involves how are you fitting in your seat helmets foam head surround. all those things are part of this dialogue which is really really good and we're seeing some improvements on a daily basis as we look towards 2023.
3: nascar will also look to improve the car from a competition standpoint as o'donnell points out rule changes in terms of aero and power are on the table for short tracks and road courses in 2023.
17: For sure, looking at some aero changes for, for both short tracks and road courses, we've got a lot of dialogue going on with the drivers uh, in terms of you know potentially looking at some power things. I think it's a little more complicated, but there are some things that we've looked at even through Garage 56 that we found from an aero standpoint that could be put in place as early as next year for both short tracks and road courses. This
3: season started with something that had never been done before a race inside of a football stadium. Phelps looks back at the Clash at the Coliseum as one of the proudest moments of the season.
2: You think of the Clash at the Coliseum and the importance of what the Bush Light at the Clash of the uh, the Coliseum, what it meant to the sport. It was a proof point that we could do something like that, right? That we could build a track inside a stadium and, and certainly an iconic one. And again, it showed being bold and, and being innovative and being relevant. The biggest thing to me, and that was incredibly important, and frankly, is, it's, uh, I've never been in a NASCAR race where every single person that you, that you talk to in this industry, drivers, fans, everyone had a smile on their face. It was unbelievable. Never seen that in a NASCAR race. Someone's complaining about something. I mean, right? Not there.
3: The innovation will continue into 2023 with the introduction of something else that's never been seen before in the sport, a street race through downtown Chicago. Phelps points out that the track itself won't be the only new aspect of that weekend. For the first time in our 75
2: year history, we are gonna race a street course and not just any city, we're gonna race in Chicago and not at the outskirts of Chicago, we're gonna be in downtown Chicago on Lake Michigan. Right on Lakeshore Drive and on Michigan Avenue and on Columbus. And it's gonna be unlike any NASCAR race ever, not just because it's on the street course, but because of what we are going to do around the development and the hospitality of that racetrack. It will look nothing like any NASCAR race we've ever had. And as a race fan, I'm incredibly excited.
3: Because of the success of the clash and the introduction of the Chicago street race, Many have pondered whether racing internationally is in NASCAR's near future. Steve Phelps says it's definitely possible. We certainly have nothing
2: to announce here. Do we believe there's interest, you know, north and south of the border specifically? Yeah, there's interest. There's interest from other, you talk about Chicago Street Course, you know, Ben Kennedy and Steve O'Donnell, their phones are ringing from cities across the country that are like, we would love to host a NASCAR race at our city. And we do have calls coming, as I said, north of the border and south of the border. Whether that happens in 2020, 2024 or not, I don't know. What I do know is we're going to have continued schedule variation in 2024.
3: With the 2022 season in the rearview mirror, it's time to look forward to more changes and honoring the past as 2023 will mark the historic 75th anniversary of NASCAR.
7: Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll go back 10 years to when Team Penske claimed their first ever NASCAR Cup Series championship.
4: Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're
7: about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live.
4: Before we do, he wanted to
7: flash back to the first ever NASCAR Cup Series championship for Team Penske, Sunday night in Phoenix. Joey Logano and Paul Wolf were both celebrating their second Cup Series titles and the third for Team Penske. Well, 10 years ago this month, Team Penske and Wolf nabbed their first championship, and it came with Brad Keslowski behind the wheel. Let's flash back to that night at Homestead, Miami Speedway. He's running the table right now. He's got lane choice of his own as he's by himself off the corner.
5: Jeff Gordon working his way off turn number four, heading down to the start finish line, goes underneath underneath the flag stand and the white flag is in the air as he heads down to turns one and two, if he can bring it back around, as Joe told you a minute ago, He will give Hendrick Motorsports their first win here at this racetrack. He's in the backstretch.
6: And he'll do it on the 20th anniversary of his association with DuPont. The special paint scheme is half a lap from headed to victory lane.
7: And Jeff Gordon is a half a lap away from striking Homestead Miami Speedway off his non-win list. Checkered flag is about to fly. Jeff Gordon is looking for it off turn four.
15: Jeff Gordon comes to the start finish line scoring his 87th victory in his 689th start. He wins at Homestead Miami. Speedway and 28-year-old Brad Keselowski is the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series champion. They are high-fiving on pit road as Jeff Gordon wins the race and Brad Keselowski is our 2012
6: Sprint Cup Series champ. Winston? Let's talk to the captain, Roger Pinsky. Roger, 40 years ago you started this thing. Now you're finally a NASCAR Sprint Cup Series championship owner.
14: What are your thoughts?
6: Well, I think the such a great team. It's been a team effort all year on Brad, Paul, the whole engine shop, all the guys back. It's uh, all about the human capital in this organization. I can't tell you what a thrill it is for me. It was a goal I've had for so many years and uh, been able to make it happen now. It's uh, just amazing. So uh, for Dodge, you know, for obviously for Miller Lite and Pennzoil and everybody, the Shell guys and all our great sponsors, uh, To think about that we won
7: this championship is amazing. That MRN flashback is brought to you by Mahindra Race Fans. Don't forget to cheer for Chase Briscoe in the Mahindra Tractors number 14 car. And race into your local dealer for big savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. We'd like to thank Jimmy Johnson for joining us on this week's show. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget to check out NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday. And, of course... We're back with you one week from tonight with another edition of NASCAR Live. Until then,
4: so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was directed by Trey Downey and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.